Welcome to Divine Downloads, the show where you get the spiritual guidance and strategic insights to help you live your most expansive life. Today's episode, I am very, very excited to share with you as one of my best friends, Sahara Rose. I invited her on the podcast for us to just jam on so much of what is going on in the world right now. We talk about everything from spiritual bypassing to sacred anger and sacred emotions and how to channel that. And we also dive into, more importantly, how you can show up right now. So without further ado, let's go. Crazy ass fucking times. Crazy ass times. Yeah. So I just thought it'd be fun when I first, so when I first started my podcast eons ago, when it was called the Lightmaker Podcast back in the day, um, I started it because I thought, how cool would it be if I got to share the conversations that I get to have with my friends so other people can hear them? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and and so recently I've been doing a ton of just like one-on, one-off episodes where I kind of give my energetic downloads on things. But we actually did last eclipse season. I don't know if you remember, but it was for a similar eclipse. On your podcast, we talked about a little bit about eclipse season, about your wedding and your engagement. And it was really just like a fun episode where I was just at your house. Normally, like we probably would have done anyway, but we just like... can't believe that was a year ago. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Crazy. It was like sitting at your apartment in Santa Monica. I had walked over from my apartment in Santa Monica. <laughs> and now we're both in completely different homes. How different life is. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, Oh my God. It's just wild to even think about that. And then I was just thinking about that today. I was just like, wow, this is like the parallel eclipse a year later that's coming up and wow, how different the world looks. (laughs) So different. And I can't wait to see how it looks next year. Right. It's just, you know, my theme, the theme that I'm feeling about this time and what I've What's really been coming through is that sometimes I, I feel like I have a tendency or in general, we have a tendency to take these like energetic moments and make them like little, it's kind of like we make them individual events, right? We're like, this is this event and this is this event, this is this event. And I think it's almost like, like right now it's like, no, 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 we're at like a, a, a year long festival, like we're like a festival and all the events are part of the same festival and they're all connected and they're all kind of like melding and molding and shaping each other and so we're in this big melting pot conglomeration um that I really feel is we're seeing an outer revolution while simultaneously experiencing an inner revolution that's going on right now and we had that full moon eclipse that was really just the dismantling of old belief systems with Sagittarius and unlearnings both of things that we're seeing in our nation but also of things that are deeply personal in our lives that we're unlearning for ourselves and now moving into this new energy um of really that opportunity with cancer to create a future that feels good and to create a future that feels nourishing and loving and and honoring um yeah. So what's been so what's been going on for you through all all this? Let's just jam and and share what's what's blowing. You know, everything that is happening is so multi-layered, and I think like throughout the day we're all going through all of the dimensions of it. So I think it is 
beautiful. First and foremost, it is beautiful that we're talking about race. It is beautiful that for the first time, a lot of the times that we've like, you know, bit our tongues and not said what we wanted to say, especially for black women or people of color is finally coming to surface. It is beautiful that this conversation is finally being had 400 years later. Like this is major. We've, it is insane to me to think how far we've come without really, really having this conversation of race, of injustice, of oppression. It is crazier to me to think that so many people don't even know the history of this country. You know, like I, I'm so grateful actually at this moment for my dad teaching me from the time I was a kid of like, we are on stolen land that belongs to native Americans that was built by slaves that is based in capitalism that, and I remember like figuring out that like college was a scam for money. And I was like, why am I even applying for college? And like growing up, I was just in this really, in a because my parents were immigrants and my dad was always just this like outside thinker, I knew that the system was fucked. Like that was just like a common thing. And I started an Amnesty International chapter. I've organized so many protests. Like I was just a hardcore activist. But then I think what happened with me and what has happened to so many people is you know this, you're like, the system's fucked. But then you don't really know what to do with that. And you do the protest, you sign the petition, you donate the money, and then you just go on. Yeah. And um and then when I got into my spiritual awakening and really into that, I started to spiritual bypass. I started to think, well, you know what? I'm, I can't figure out the whole world, so I'll just focus on myself. I do believe that that is what we do need as the first thing. Like you do need to be healed, but at the same time, what does that even mean? Like, do yeah. you ever reach a point that you're totally healed and then you can go out and help others? So I kind of swung this other way of like being in Bali where everything is so beautiful and people are having these epic 5D conversations. And then eventually finding my way back into what you speak about as well, the spiritual activism of really having both of having your practices, having your fun and your joy and your dance and all of these beautiful experiences that are essential that what make human life and not thinking, okay, well, the universe is going to take care of that poor person. That's their karma. You know, the universe has everyone's back. So I'll let universe handle it as if the universe is just some like big guy up there just like fixing shit up. And if, if we are to believe that we are the universe, that means that we do have a responsibility. What I'm seeing right now are people awakening to that duality of you can have fun, be in bliss, be in joy, be in relationship, talk about what you're eating and these things that feel unrelated and go into the deepest, darkest places, murder, you know, atrocity, rape, kidnap these things that are that have been there under the surface and right now i'm seeing we've sort of shifted to the other side if you go on instagram if you kind of talk about anything besides what's happening right now you will be scolded i'm seeing a lot of people who they've been given a mic and they have a lot of of anger and and oftentimes rightfully so but i don't think they've completely formulated what they were planning to say when everyone has given them the mic. So it's a lot of also toxicity, a lot of women attacking other women and a lot of witch hunt shit happening right now. Oh yes. 
Oh my God. I've been super jealous of that girl for a really long time. How is she so successful? How does she make so much money? So now that someone who's completely unrelated to me has a problem with her, even though I am not privy to the conversation at all, has nothing to do with me, even though most of the people in the comment section are not even people of color, I'm going to hop on the bandwagon. So I think that we went from like, la, 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 everything's perfect to like, like this, like chaotic society. And I think we're going to, yeah. And I think that we're eventually going to hurt each other enough that we're going to see this is not sustainable either. And then we're going to find that new paradigm pendulum of the two balanced sides. Oh, absolutely. So I definitely want to get back to talking about spiritual bypassing because that's something that's been coming up a lot in my like group coaching stuff that I was like, this is a topic people are thinking about right now. But what you're talking about, and so, you know, as we're going to see, I think, a peak of this right now with this uh, Cancer New Moon, because it Cancer is like super emotional, right? So it's kind of like being ruled by your emotions. And we can, just like anything, right? We can use them for good, we can use them for evil, whatever you want to define those things, right? And it's like, the way I always like to say it is like, is, um, I think about this when I, well, this would be appropriate for your rose gold goddesses. When I think about the different goddesses that we channel, and maybe this would be like Kali, right? Is like Kali in her temple where she's doing good work or is Kali out of bounds? <laughs> and a Kali out of bounds or a emotional rage out of bounds, right? Is when you are, like you were saying, like you're not really thinking through it. You're just allowing yourself to be in that heat of that moment and let it come out. And you're allowing yourself, and I would even venture to go as far to say, another form of spiritual bypassing. Yes. Now, instead of me looking at my own ish, you know, when it, well, I'm just going to blame you. I'm just going to scold you. You know, some of the, the, the black women leaders that I have been following and that I love the most, this just this past week, these past few days, I've noticed that some of them have come out in a really beautiful way and talked about how they saw that even, even though they are black, that they have certain levels of privilege, right? And, and that they're looking at that. Like to me, I see that it makes me love them even more than I already did because I'm like, this is a woman really doing the work. This is a woman that's standing in the conversation, allowing perhaps whatever righteous anger or rage or energy she has flowing through her right now be utilized to communicate a message, be utilized to educate, but also doing that work. And I think when someone is doing that work, regardless of, of what color you are or race you are, if you're doing both of the work, that's great, right? If you're looking at your own stuff and you're saying, okay, well, where are the areas that maybe I'm hiding? Where are the areas where maybe I'm not showing up? Simultaneously, while then calling other people to a new level of showing up, great. But how often is it the those voices or the internet trolls or like, I like to call them the police force of Instagram, oh, right? <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, that is just kind of like going through and it's like, uh, you're you're wasting all of that external energy. Right. And, and, and no one's changing their mind from it. I've never seen someone get into an Instagram or Facebook comment war and be like, <laughs> you know what? I've, I've changed my mind. It may happen from educating if you're actually being compassionate. I think what people don't get is like, we're all humans and we all respond to people being at least minutely nice to us. I get yeah. you don't, you don't have to be nice to people at all. Your anger is sacred. And I, and I also want to share the story of, of Sekhmet of what you said with Kalima, but 
Sekhmet is the goddess that this month we're working with in Rose Gold Goddesses, and she's very similar to Kalima and her story, and she's a Egyptian Kemetic um, goddess. Her, her father, Ra, the sun god, sent her down to earth to basically kill all of the people who were not um, practicing ma'at, justice. So all of the evil people, all of oh. the people who are not, you know, like we could say today, though, the white supremacists or whatever it is, and then kill, it's more so kill the ego. You know, that's what we're always talking about when we're talking about yeah. goddess realms. So she came and she was killing off the egos against injustice. And she became so bloodthirsty in it, so fueled by the anger that she began slaughtering everyone. And then Ra actually had to set up this like red pomegranate juice with beer to make it look like it's blood to tempt her and take her away. And the story really signifies it's like anger is sacred when it's being used and it's directional and then you can move out of it. You are a channel for it. But when it's just anger, I'm going to burn down the house and all of the good people along with it too, then you're actually creating more destruction. And I think that I, I've also noticed a lot of the black people who I love are also saying this same message of, yes, we all actually do have privilege. And if we want to open up the conversation of privilege, let's start with white privilege which is most apparent, most here. But also, you know, I was thinking about myself growing up as a person of color, my experiences with racism, and they made me really sad. And then they made me actually go into victimhood. This is just for myself. They made me go into victimhood. They made me go into how come I never had a doll that looked like me? How come I never had a role model that looked like me? How come, and again, my parents were immigrants too. So how come I didn't even have anyone to help me with my homework? How come I was the only person who could teach myself English, I had to learn English in school, right? So start to go off this list of like how my life was so much harder because I am someone who's not from this country. But I was like, it is important for me to acknowledge this and feel the pain. But like, is that energy what brought me here? No. If I had, if I had used that energy forever, I, I suffered more because I've experienced this pain. You should put me on your podcast. You should do this. You should do that. I get it. But that is not what is going to help us move forward. That is part of our story that we can share when we're on the podcast. But if we try to, in a way, use our pain as a hook to get people to treat us a certain way, we're reliving our pain over and over and over again. Mm. And we're never getting ourselves out of it. And to be honest, if you're listening to this podcast, you're privileged. If you're born in the United States, you're privileged. Like there's a lot of shit happening in the US, but do you know what's happening in Yemen right now? Literally the worst crisis of famine, like in the history of humanity, you know? So there are so many, so if we want to go to who had it worse, who had it worse, who had it worse, we could play this game for a really, really long time. And I think that it is an important place to start on privilege, but it's not going to get us that far if it's all, all we're focusing on the pain. Let's also talk about the joy. Let's talk about the accomplishments. Let's talk about the music and the art and the education and the scientists and all of these people that have also come out of the Black community. Because the more and more we focus on and it's important to talk about what you don't want, but let's let's now navigate this and, and move to the next stage, which is alchemizing and creating the future that we all want for this planet. Absolutely. And it's so funny because I just this um, this week's eclipse workshop, we do this energetic releasing around victimhood mm -hmm. because literally, again, that Cancerian energy around a new moon eclipse is that can easily go into victim mode, right? I can either, and it's so, it's so random because I've literally been getting this weird hit 
I don't know. You've heard of Gene Keys, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I, I bought this book about Gene Keys like two years ago, probably now. And like randomly the past two mornings, I keep on hearing, look at Gene Key 55. <laughs> right and I'm like so finally this morning I was like all right this is so weird like why I'm literally guess what Gene Key 55 is it's all about the victimization of the human race and it's all about how this is the they call it the big change so the big evolutionary change that we're here to shift on the planet that's happening at a turning point where I feel like it's happening right now right to shift from victimization into our co-creatorship right into our power into how we're able actually to create the our earth and how we move and how we shift it and i think it's so powerful what you said it's not it's not to diminish or or to unacknowledge the struggles or the things that have happened in the past but to also actively say i'm going to utilize my energy to let that inform me about the future i cre- want to create and what to build and i'm going to live here in the present of having that opportunity to create what I want to build for the future. And I think that's a really, that's what's so beautiful as you started off. This really beautiful about this moment and this conversation is that I think this is an opportunity like we haven't seen before in history to truly be build a new world and come together and, and use this to speak of. That's why it, it does break my heart when I see people using this moment to judge or scorn when this is a moment to actually like introduce the new say guess what here's a possibility for how i want things to be and we're actually repeating the old paradigm which is judge and scorn that is so patriarchal that is so what we're trying to move away from it's that piscean age of you're better than me blah 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 blah. and if we're trying to you know empower women bring in the divine feminine it's not going to come out of cancel culture it is not like this whole thing and psychologically the people who are canceling others they feel like they're doing the right thing they feel like they're being a voice for the voiceless they feel like they're standing up against injustice but what they're not realizing is you can only control your own actions it is not up to you to decide if someone else is spiritual bypassing it is not up to you to decide if someone else is authentic or not because you don't know you don't know. And anything is just a guess. And you don't know the truth of someone from seeing them on social media. You might oh have been gosh, following yeah. them for five years. You don't know what their life is like. You don't know what their friendship circles are like. You don't know anything about them. So I think it is really unfair to judge someone simply on one app on the phone, their whole life on one app on the phone, and then jump to conclusions because what it is creating is performative activism, is people just sharing to save their asses and not appear racist. And is that helping people from being killed on the streets? No. No, absolutely not. And then to talk about spiritual bypassing too, because one of the questions I've been getting a lot, because I teach a course in miracles, and so much of a course in miracles is stop, drop, ask for the miracle, ask for it to see, see things differently. And some of the women in that group were like, is this spiritual bypassing? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, this is a great conversation to have because sometimes we think, okay, well, if I'm just giving up a prayer or if I'm just, you know, doing Reiki on it or whatever, is that spiritual bypassing? And what I said, it is, if that's all you're doing, mm-hmm. right? If it's yes, but, but, but yes, we should be firstly doing that because I firmly believe and just to like weave these two together 
if you take a moment, if anyone takes a moment before they decide to go on Instagram or do whatever they're doing or talk to whoever they're talking to, and they take that moment to connect to the divine and their, their higher power and ask them, okay, I want to turn this over to you right now. I'm feeling anger. I'm feeling upset. I'm feeling confused. I need guidance around this situation that the divine will absolutely give you guidance, will absolutely give you clarity on what you can create. What the divine will never do is tell you to go yell at someone else, mm-hmm. right? It's always going to it's always going to bring you a message that says, "Oh, hey, you know, talk about this." Or, hey, share this or have this conversation with someone or create this new possibility or create this new program or, you know, see if you can rearrange this system or whatever. It shows you the possibility, the positive that's coming up. And then the part of spiritual bypassing is not only taking that of not spiritual bypassing is not only taking that time to listen and tune in, but then also to take action on what comes through. Mm. And I think kind of, you know, going back to what we were talking about with, with, um, sacred rage, right? It's like, if sacred rage, sacred rage can be very powerful, right? If it's being channeled in that way, if you've taken that sacred rage, what makes it sacred rage (laughs) is simply that you've given it to the divine to use because what is rage, but a powerful force of energy, that we can throw at something, right? And how much more powerful that we throw that at changing a system, that we throw that at patriarchal structures, right? Then we throw that at just another human that's trying to live, right? Um, to, to actually transmute it. Absolutely. And, you know, in our society, we don't learn how to handle rage, just like we don't know how to handle fire. But in shamanic, indigenous, African, and Middle Eastern cultures, fire is like, you know, growing up, there was a holiday because my family is like Zoroastrian, and that's a fire worshiping polytheistic religion. So there's a holiday that we celebrate every year, It's called, and you jump over these three pits of fire. And Essentially, it's overcoming different obstacles. So the first one is this like really small pit, then a medium pit, then a, then a tall pit. And the men would like go over the tall pit. And what a beautiful way to signify like even the fire is something that you can play with, you can dance with, you have in your mm-hmm. life. Whereas in Christianity, the way that the fire is revered is hell, yeah. evil, you know, satanic. You know, the moment I say, imagine the devil in hell. Like that's what you're going to fire coming out of someone's head. So we, as a society, as a, as a country that was, you know, based on Christianity, we aren't comfortable with fire. We aren't comfortable with rage. We aren't comfortable with that uncontrolled side of ourselves. You know, Mm -hmm. I studied a lot about shaking, shamanic shaking. So the Bushmen um, people of Botswana are really the first people who started shaking. And what they share is that this is how we meditate. Like this is how we connect to the divine. It's not by just sitting and breathing. That is an important part. That is a very Shiva consciousness, masculine consciousness to have the awareness. But the other side is just that ecstatic, cathartic release. And because we've never seen it, if if I saw someone yelling, uh, screaming and shaking on the street, I would say they're, they're crazy, they're bipolar. Uh, I'd maybe even call the police on them, right? Because I'm afraid of what they might do. They might become violent, right? That's yeah. my 
thought. Whereas in, if I was in Botswana and I saw a group of people doing that, I would know, oh, this is ceremony. So really what I think is going to come out of this is the whole other side of spirituality, which is the shaking, which is the dancing, which is the trance, which is the feminine, which is letting yourself be that Kalima wild and free while the Shiva holds the space and lets you be in your dance. So I think that we're experiencing this anger. We're finding our own limits and our boundaries with this anger, but the anger is only triggering truly when you haven't met the anger in yourself. You know, if you've met your own anger and you see someone anger, you're like, you know what? I, I understand. Maybe that's not how I would react, but I understand. When you've never met the anger in yourself, you'd be like, how dare she say this? What is wrong with her? She's being so angry. Everything she says is out the window. Like those tone policing type people. Yeah. So it's like those tone policing Karens of the world yeah. <laughs> go to a shaking ceremony and let their own rage out. Oh my gosh. And also just for anyone that's feeling, so for anyone that's listening, that's maybe feeling this as intensity, right? Feeling this as emotional intensity instead of maybe anger or rage in their description, right? It's the same, it's the same thing to work with, right? To realize when we feel this emotional intensity, oftentimes our bypassing or our closing ourselves off to it can be us getting into extreme overwhelm, right? Or like you said, being scared, just feeling like scared and wanting to cower, wanting to back down, wanting to hide. And so I think those practices are so beautiful. I did actually, so on, um, I used to do this meditation eons ago and then I had it and I brought it back for the last lunar eclipse. And it's literally just listening to Florence and the machine, shake it out <laughs> and shaking it out for the whole time, mm -hmm. right? And just whether it's doing that, whether it's dancing, whether it's putting on some tribal music, I know you have tons of dances on your IGTV that people can do of just really allowing that emotional intensity to flow through your body. Because what happens is when we bottle it up, like nothing good happens from that, right? It, it expresses itself in a multitude of unhealthy ways. And when we allow it to flow, then not only, like you said, we can meet other people's and we can see it and we cannot be triggered or offended by it. We can receive it and be like, okay, I see where they're at. I see what they're moving through right now, right? But we also get ourselves back into a position of action and a position of back in flow, where instead of being paralyzed, because I like to think of it as like, um, like almost like a, like a lightning like a pressure cooker. Yes, a pressure cooker. I was going to say a lightning bolt, bolt caught in a jar, but a pressure cooker. <laughs> I read your mind. Don't worry about it. <laughs> like a pressure cooker. We're in that, when we're in that pressure cooker, we're like, we just feel like we're going to explode. We don't know what to do. And I know a lot of people have felt like that during this time. And it's like, this is, this is a chance to get in touch with that sacred intensity that we all have that is that is part of it we're not all just buddhas on the mountain you know and so do, what other practices maybe it's going along with sekhmet or kali or, or anything other than dancing are there other practices you recommend for getting in touch with that sacred intensity or anger yeah so i think that breath work is a really powerful practice because you could lie to yourself about how you're really feeling. I'm fine. I'm great. Everything's great. But when you do breath work, just like literally just inhale, like a fiery breath work. So like inhale and exhale and go pretty fast and just kind of move your body like a wave, like your body rolling forward, body rolling backwards, like this circular type of breath and then holding it in, holding it out and repeat that three times. You could do 30, 30 breaths each round. 
you can't lie to yourself of what you're going to feel after. You will probably feel sadness, anger, whatever it is. And I feel like that is just such a good way to just first break down the wall. I also like, and again, everyone everyone's anger comes differently. But if you're someone who's maybe more of a vocal person, singing, stuff like that, screaming. You know, if you're somewhere that you can scream, maybe you're in your car, maybe you can scream in a pillow or in a bath water or something, or even in your home in the middle of the day, just tell your neighbors like, I'm okay. And just like <laughs> literally just like letting yourself scream, like the way that a child does it in the temper tantrum, just let it out. Um, rolling around on the floor is really great. And just like letting yourself like, again, like the kids, anything a child does, like they know what's up and just letting yourself just like throw, throw a freaking fit you know, and after you throw that fit, you're probably going to start laughing because you're going to be like, why was I so angry? You know? And then when you witness yourself in that pure anger, it's like no longer intimidating. In fact, it's like lovable. Like how lovable that I'm so agitated over this. I care so much. What a beautiful thing that I care so much. What this random person who I've never met said to me, wow. And then you have so much compassion for yourself. And then like the more and more that that shows up for you, you're not going to have this like shadow reaction that you've never really looked at that you try to like swallow down. You're like, oh, it's my angry little girl that wants everyone to like me. And she's having a really hard time when even if you have 1,000 followers, one out of 1,000 is pretty good odds of people liking you, right? That's 999,000, like whatever people. But we so focus on the one person that doesn't like us. So how cute that we care so much. And we're not going to be able to move forward if we let that one person get in the way of the 9,000 999. Absolutely. Which brings us, I think, to also a great point that me and you can speak to a lot because I feel like we're very similar on this <laughs> this level. Um, there is a level, I see this in a lot of my clients, especially my spreader-like clients that are stepping up into being leaders and wanting to be more public, where they feel so worried about saying the wrong thing that they say nothing. Mm-hmm. Right? Or they feel so worried about not getting it perfectly right that they don't do anything. And I think whether it's like in the context of this situation right now, or just generally in the context of life and showing up, it's like, I think one of the things we've both been blessed up with <laughs> is really being able to- We're show like up. the first responders in there. <laughs> situation yeah. happened 19 minutes ago. Okay, here's the download. Yeah, exactly. At first right? I kick myself. I'm like, maybe I should like- Wait a day? No, I can't. We're like we're like still in our pajamas, but we're showing up to the fire and our hair looks crazy. But we're We're like, like, hey guys, this just happened. I'm on Instagram. You know, (laughs) I and I and it's a hundred percent the biggest issue people have is is not moving fast enough. And what is interesting about this situation is the people who are getting the most scolded by the internet are the ones who didn't move fast enough. They are the ones who remain silent because, you know, silence is violence. That is the slogan that is going around right now. So again, because we live in such a social media world, we're expected to show up every single day and we're expected, and this is kind of part of having your responsibility as a, as a teacher, coach, influencer, public figure, is people, people want to know what your opinions are on things outside of just what you teach. And I think the people who've struggled with this the most are those, I need to stay in my lane people. I'm, I'm a chef, so I can only talk about food. I'm a this, so I can only talk about that. But the thing is, your people are coming to you be, for, because of you. And they have relationships and they have 
a life that's affected by politics. They have all these other sides of them. So what I see happening after all of this is like, politics is not going to be this like scary thing that you're not supposed to talk about. Like, you know, don't keep get, don't get politics in this, keep politics out of it because politics is how you live. It's like your freedom to marry who you want to marry or like have choice over your body. Or like, if we're going to have martial law or not, like it is like really important things and where you stand on these things tells a lot about who you are as a person. doesn't mean you should not be friends or follow someone that doesn't have all of the same beliefs as you because most of our beliefs are given to us by your parents and our surroundings as well. But I think that, you know, that initial reaction of don't bring politics into it will be gone. And for the people who are like, feeling like this is still 1990, where you're going to have your press release that you can like, spend two weeks on and then you can give your like public statement that you like thought up about and like told got approved by five people like that era is gone that doesn't happen things are moving so fast I mean my podcast is at a point that I have to record the podcast max three days before because the world changes so much in three days so you don't have all this time to process and gather all the information I'm sorry but that's in the old paradigm now and That doesn't mean that you should act irrationally. That doesn't mean that you should just respond and react to every single thing that comes to you. I think different people handle and take in energy in different ways. But what it does mean is you get to drop your bond, your obsession, your tie to perfectionism, because that is actually a response to trauma, right? Like when we are perfectionists, we have probably said the wrong thing at a certain time and have been scolded for it. So we think if I just don't say anything or I think about it enough, that won't happen again. And it's, it's never going to be the case. Like you're always going to piss someone off. We've seen throughout the three weeks that this has been happening. Every single person has pissed you know, I posted about helping the kids get out of cages at the Mexican border. You would think that's not that controversial of a thing. Who would want a child in a cage? <laughs> yeah. And I had all these people coming against me, you know, yeah. because, you know, they, they support Trump or whatever it is. So I'm like, wow, you really can't have an opinion about anything and have everyone on your side. So that doesn't mean you have to stop having opinions. That means you have to be more comfortable with people not liking all of that. Absolutely. And I think, like you said, this is, we're moving from an old paradigm of people being like, I'm a spokesperson for this. I'm going to only talk about candle making, or I'm going to only talk about accounting or whatever your thing is. And to a multidimensionality of accepting that all of us are multidimensional beings and whether you are, you know, uh, a teacher from Ohio or you're, you know, a thought leader on Instagram, all of us have are, are moving into this space where we all have that platforms and social media and different things and expressing ourselves in different way. And we're all stepping into the multidimensionality and the truth of who we are and the fullest expression of who we are, which is going to have an opinion, right? Which is going to share that stuff and being able to lean into that, that discomfort and that edge, because you're right. We have, I think every single one of us has some level of trauma at some point in our life that said, Ooh, you say the wrong thing. You get scolded whether it was at school when you got the question wrong. And so, you know, you felt the shame of people knowing that you got it wrong, or it was like mom or dad that said like, nope, we weren't supposed to say that at dinner or whatever, right? These seemingly benign things that happened that programmed us into this thing that's safer to just, you know, I'm just going to be really careful and stay in my lane. But the truth is, is that it's not what we're here to do. 
we're here to be the fullest expression of who we are and we're healed here to show up. And I think if anything, 2020 has forced us <laughs> to show up in that way and forced us, it's made it so between coronavirus and now with everything uh, with Black Lives Matter and all the things that are happening politically right now. And it, I think it's only going to get more intense as we move towards the election. It's so pertinent it's like if literally it's like if we were all walking around in purple slime and we were like pretending not to talk th about the fact that we're walking around in purple slime oh, exactly. right <laughs> like, read the room y'all yeah <laughs> there's purple slime yeah. place, like you know? let's just talk about let's just call it what it is right yeah. let's just let's just say that this is what's going on and i think this is also the leaders of the future right mm -hmm. the leaders of the future we're moving from an old perhaps Piscean paradigm, if we want to go there, to an Aquarian paradigm, where it used to be, you know, this, this more clean cut kind of way of being, right? And now we're seeing that as we shift into honoring more of our multi-dimensionality and all the aspects that make us us, we want our leaders in every area. We want to know how the guy that makes our green juice at Joe's Juiceria or whatever, it feels about what's going on, right? Because that's also going to start, that's going to start us shifting and, and our consciousness. And we're, you know, like we talk about in so many spiritual things, it's like we're going to be more attracted and shift towards people that we feel are opening us up. And yes. through those personal connections that we have, that person that maybe we just love because they talked about amazing face facial rituals <laughs> or whatever, now we get to open up and see a little bit more of them and see more of their heart and their story and what matters to them and their values, mm -hmm. which I think is going to be this, the, this paradigm we're stepping into where we're acknowledging that, you know. And I think that the, it's going to be a different balance for every person and every company too. Like Ben and Jerry's is a really good example that they are like super liberal from Vermont. I remember going to like their factory when I was a kid. And the moment that this happened, like all of, all of the people sent out an email, like we support black lives. And they're like, okay, here's how we're going to do the revolution. And like, oh, this is going to pass and this and that. And like the owners have been arrested multiple times for protesting. And like, you know, so I'm seeing on TikTok, because I do a lot of TikTok, all of the teenagers right now are saying even though ben and jerry's costs more buy ben and jerry's because they care because they pay way above minimum wage to people who just got out of prison to give them a job because they donate all of their proceeds to support local communities you know like they're doing all of these incredible things that they've been doing for decades behind the scenes but now because of this aquarian age they're probably being more vocal than ever about it before that people are saying i will pay more i will go out of my way to buy from you and that is such a beautiful thing like i don't even eat ice cream but i'm like i just want to i know right Jerry, right? I want to support Ben and Jerry. <laughs> However, this can also happen on the opposite end. You know, you may have loved local Tom's Tom's ice cream shop, but Tom don't like gay people. <laughs> you know, right? Tom Tom is real happy about that war. You know, yeah. Tom Tom and Karen are you know really really mad that there's so many divorces these days. Oh my god. It does open up that that can that you might share your views and some people not like that. Absolutely. So I do think that for some people, 
it's going to be more a part of their brand than for others. Tom shouldn't feel pressure to talk about all these things because he doesn't want to. But if he does want to talk about it, you might have a whole load of people being like, yeah, I love Tom's because of these views. But it is going to be interesting. And what I'm seeing right now are people being quick to unfollow people who don't fit their views, mm. you know? And, and it, everything has its light and its shadow. I mean, yeah. the light in that is if someone is a racist, a white supremacist, a sexist, whatever, like, yeah. I, I don't, I don't want to buy their ice cream. To be honest, I yeah. personally want to buy their ice cream. However, what it is going to maybe take away is us diversifying our feeds more so intellectually. Like yeah. the fact that I don't really know. I mean, I I know because of my in-laws, but I wouldn't have known otherwise what a Trump supporter thinks, what their fears are, why they're saying all lives matter instead of black lives matter. So I do think that we are in a way also creating echo chambers that if you don't think exactly like me on all of my views, you're out. And then because of this, we're just screaming to the choir here. And then we're not actually having the dialogue. So what we really need are places that we're speaking like on a zoom call like face to face because the comment sections are getting so aggressive there's no human face to it there's no micro you know facial expressions that you might make I I can't see that you're a human so people are getting so freaking savage on there that like no matter what your view is if someone is attacking you you're going to defend that view even further right it's like when U.S. attacked Afghanistan, the Al-Qaeda became stronger because it was all they had, right? So right now, whatever you have, you're going to cling on to even more. So we do need some sort of like forums happening, discussions like this, people opening up discussions with people with different points of view, you know, and that is how we're actually going to be able to understand each other and come together to pave a different way. Yeah, it's also a good point to make because I do think it's, you know, the solution isn't just unfollowing, like you said, everyone that doesn't have your viewpoints or just canceling them out of your life or being like, I don't want to talk to aunt. It's so funny you said that because I literally have an aunt Karen and uncle Tom, right? (laughs) (laughs) We're just reading each other's minds today. It was like, that's a little crazy. Um, You know, but it's like, I'm going to have a talk with uncle Tom about this, right? And I remember I did have some people in my life that were, um, have different political views than me, right? And that I was like a little like, ew, you know, what's wrong with you, whatnot. And then I had to have the conversation because I was like, listen, I love you. And I feel like I see you as like an intelligent, conscious, loving person. And I'm feeling like this view isn't aligned with that. Like what's going on or like, what are your things? And I think it's in those moments where you really, again, once again, we're exposed to the multidimensionality of every argument and of every person, right? Because there may be aspects of our president that certain people really do like, right? That certain people really do resonate with and other aspects that they may just not pay attention to, right? That they may be kind of like pushing to the side. Similarly, right? You could take, say this about pretty much any politician, right? Or any, any friend, you know? Yeah, any, exactly. Any, your partner. There's no person. I think where people get stuck is our political world is like, there's two people and you've got to choose. Yep. So whoever you choose, you just pretend you like everything about them. Every, everything that is not likable about them, you ignore because it's kind of like you don't have a choice. That's why I kind of think that we're not going to have a president moving forward. I honestly don't think there's going, going to even be an election the way that it, there ever has been. I think 
we're done with this form of government. It doesn't make sense. It's never made sense that basically senators are choosing the government, not us, like the whole like electoral, how we're counting the electoral over the populist vote, the way that certain states matter more than others. So you kind of don't have a voice if you're, you know, a Republican in California or, you know, vice versa. The fact that these two parties work together and are owned by the same people and are actually just passing money to each other, I think a lot of it is they're creating this controversy. So we're so busy fighting each other. They're instigating us because, I mean, the past three weeks, I haven't been able to spend that much time pretty much doing anything else in my life. But be learning and engaging in this and that. And while there are really important conversations, if I were an evil genius that wanted to take away all of the attention for my evil plan, I would for show get all of the people fighting. And that is what they have done in throughout history. It's called divide and conquer. It's what they've done in the Middle East. It's what they've done in Africa. They give both sides weapons. They give both sides a reason to be angry. That's why they super enforce the caste system in India way more than it, than it was. So, or, or with the slaves, they said, well, now you're a house slave and you're a field slave and, you know, breeding with the house slaves. So they're more white to create some hierarchy there. Like people in power want the, the majority of people to be fighting. So I think as spiritual people, we all get to zoom out and also look at just this energy that we are creating and how we're actually destroying each other right now. If we keep this going while there's some charades, you know, you know, the magicians doing his thing in the back, mandatory vaccines, you know, whatever, whatever the thing that they want to do yeah. is happening because we're so distracted right now. Oh, so important. So important. And it's true. It's like the, we need to be really conscious of the polarity that is being forced upon us. Right. Because inherently as spiritual people, right. We know that the world of fear or whatever we want to say, the 3d or the lower conscious, whatever you want to call it, right. Is a world of separation, right. The, the world of the illusion is the world of separation. So anything that inherently is based in separation a Course in Miracles would say, is based in illusion. It's not like the true divine Maya. World. Same with the Vedic. It's the Maya. Right? And so when we are feeling, when we are being moved into that polarity, when we're being moved into that separation, when anything is instead of invoking oneness, invoking that, no, me versus you, right? And once again, you can be like, no, I am invoking oneness because I'm for equality, because I'm pro all of this stuff, right? But if in your journey for that, you're invoking separation versus compassion versus seeing, you know, each other and seeing that in your journey for fighting for your political view or your political opponent, you're invoking separation rather than oneness, right? Then you're absolutely right. What's happening is that we're perpetuating we're given the illusion that we're kind of fighting for the right cause, so to speak. But even in that, the second you become right and someone becomes wrong, mm-hmm. right? We create that separation. So it's in that, it doesn't mean that obviously you can't have your opinions or you don't know what, I believe that when you connect to your divinity, you know what the heart centered, what the loving, what the, that response is. But then it's also engaging with the other people around you and realizing that one, everyone's on their own journey, right? We all just want to be happy. We all want the same summit, right? We all want to be happy. We all want to be at peace. We all want joy. And some of us may be on some twisted paths there, right? But does that, but can we look at that person 
and, and hold that compassion, right? Because it's from that compassion that we're going to be able to shift that, right? The experiences I've had recently where someone has DM'd me about maybe, you know, something I said that they had some guidance on, right? Or that they thought, you know, could have been said better or, you know, communicated better throughout this year. All the things, let's say. It was a lot of learning experiences. Though I've been so lucky, at least with my audience, that all of the ways that that has been communicated has been through a place of compassion, right? Of saying, hey, our viewpoints on this or how you're doing this and how I think you should be doing this might not align right now, but I'm going to approach it as I see you as a good human and a good friend and someone that I want to say, Hey, you know, I love what you're doing. I love what you're, you know, and can I, can I share, can I open you up to this? Right. Can I let you know about this possibility? And I just wanted to, it's like, I felt in every situation I was given the benefit of the doubt. Mm -hmm. Right. And when we do that to other humans, oh, it's amazing what can occur, Yeah, right? When we can share from that space. Because then what, you have space to adjust. Yeah. If I pinned you wrong, you don't have any space to adjust. You're wrong. And then even when you say sorry, sorry is not enough. What is the solution here? You know? And it's like, I, I understand. And I think this, even this word oneness, it's such a, it's a polarizing and triggering word right now you know, because a lot of people are using the word oneness to bypass. They are using the, oh, well, we're all a human or, well, why can't you say this in a more nice way? You know, because it's their first time listening and people are fed up. So I, everything is so contextual too. But I think that the reason why we have these conversations, whether it's someone DMing you, hey, I didn't like how you did this. Could you look at it like that? Whatever it is, it's so we can come back to one. We have to say, you know, this flower is yellow and this plant is green and my skin is brown and this water bottle is blue. And like, I, I notice that these things are different. I honor these differences and we're all the fabric of the same being. We're all life in human form. This is where the conversation needs to go. This is where the, it's, it's going to go there. We're moving yeah. to the new paradigm, yeah. whether you like it or not. <laughs> you can be kicking and screaming your way there or you can accept it. But we can't skip to the oneness. We can't, you know, negate other people's experiences. A huge thing that's coming up for people is, you know, let's say we're all going to the top of the mountain, as you mentioned, and the summit's there. You may have been born right by the summit, right? So yeah. your, 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 walk was much quicker than someone else who was maybe born really at the bottom of the summit. I think most of us, we've only seen people's journeys who were at a similar place than us. So yeah. we thought that's what it's like for everyone. So I think we're awakening to the fact that, you know, there's this beautiful video of this um, football team. I don't know if you saw it. And it was like, we're, basically they were going to race across the field for a hundred dollars. And then he was like, but before we start, take two steps forward. If you had two parents at home, Take two steps forward if you never had to worry about getting a meal. Take two steps forward if you never had a family member in jail. Take two steps forward if you always knew you would have money for doing school activities. And by the end, it was all white people who were at the, at the front, you know, yeah. and it was mostly black, Hispanic people of color, people in the back. So that is the thing that, again, it doesn't mean that the white people are wrong. This is their body or anyone is doing it on purpose. But I think right now we're like opening up our blinds to, whoa, 
I, I thought everyone started right here. Why can't they get the same $100 that I'm getting? Why are they victimizing themselves? And we can say these exact same tools for, for that usage too. So that's why all of this stuff is so nuanced. At the same time, does that mean that the person at the back can't, can't race to the top and get that $100? Absolutely not. We, we see this happening often. But we need to we need to honor the fact that certain people's processes have been so much more difficult that so much of the spiritual stuff that we have said like your vibe creates your reality or you've manifested everything in your life because of your mindset actually can be really hurtful for people of color's experiences because that's not necessarily true you know like if you are a person of color who you know, let, let's say you, you were arrested simply for being black. Like, did your vibe attract that? Like, was it because you weren't like high vibe enough? Someone who just listened to one Abraham Hicks video and might just take that little piece of it could say that. So I think the yeah. awakening for spiritual people is we actually live in this 3D world that is yeah. unfair and shit happens. And we can try to say it's because of their past life. It's because their soul chose it. I don't know. But what I do know is that even though you may have personally not been the one to have caused it. You have in some way been the beneficiary, you know, not to say that white people have not had difficult lives, but you have had those steps ahead than someone with those experiences. So I think what is hard for people right now is to understand that because that means that they have been overlooking things that have been happening right underneath their noses. I think it brings up a lot of guilt. A lot of people are experiencing like, well, like, I hate my ancestors. Why were my ancestors so evil? Like, and then the cutting off from your family, the cutting off from your parents. And that's not really going to help, but it is a first step. It is a first step of that realization. And then we get to say, like, for example, the, the people at the protests who are using their white privilege to shield the people of color or yeah. to bring them on their podcast or to bring them on their stages or whatever it is, we we may not have caused this, but we all have a responsibility to solve it. Absolutely. And I think that is something by having that realization, by having that, you know, which I think, you know, having that realization in the football visual is just great example of that, right? Of realizing that then tapping into whatever you want to call it, your humanity or your loving consciousness is to say, oh, wait, now that I, I see this, right? How can I fix that? How can I be a part of the change so that that gap is smaller, right? How can I be a part of building a world that is different than the world my ancestors created? And a lot of what I've seen from some of the women of color and the black women that I follow is talking when they're talking to white women saying, listen, you know, yes, you have this privilege. Yes, your ancestors caused this, but you also can be such a great tool for us in fixing this because of that right and connecting to that part of ourselves that says hey yeah let's again kind of what we were talking about with that sacred anger and transmuting that also transmuting that shame right how do we transmute that shame to say instead of me dwelling in you know how disgusted i am by what my ancestors have done in this country right by what people that look like me have done and, and being in that and being paralyzed in that, can I transmute that into say, okay, well, how do I now use this power and privilege that maybe I didn't ask for, but I've been given because of the color of my skin to actually 
be, you know, to, to echo the voices of the biopic right now that need that echoing? How can I use whatever power and privilege that society looks at me with or the industries or government look at me with to be a force of change? Mm-hmm. And I think that is, you know, again, it brings us back to, it brings us back to, and again, it's true. It's like that, that connection, that the word oneness and, and all this, it is, it's so nuanced right now. And I think that's why I know that we're both privileged with audience and listeners that know our hearts and can tap into our intentions and how we're saying this and how we're meaning meaning this right now and it is such a nuanced conversation and is a conversation of of living both and that's like another one of the things when we talk about spiritual bypassing and saying that like you don't get to just live in the 5D. <laughs> You're here in the 3D right now. And so great, you go into your meditations, get divine guidance from the 5D, come back, help us at the 3D, please. <laughs> because this is where you're existing. And this is the world that needs our help and needs our change. Um, yeah. Any other tools that you would you would want to share or give to someone um, that's kind of in that space right now of of reckoning with uh, the shame and the feelings that they're feeling? Mm. So the way that each of us is going to be of service for humanity, for social justice, for racism, for patriarchy, for, for anything is going to be in alignment with your dharma, with your purpose, with your authentic self. So not everyone is supposed to be on the streets protesting. Not everyone is supposed to be on the front lines of the social media battle or in the legal world or whatever. So Oftentimes, we're so pressured to act that we act in however we see other people acting, but then it drains us so much because it's not how we were supposed to show up. I'll give myself as an example, to be honest. I, you know, was, I am, you know, very activist type of person. I love doing this kind of stuff, but I was getting very into the politics side of it, very into into the Trump game, you know, and, and, and he actually creates a lot of anger in me as a person. He does for a lot of people. So I was really losing myself into that anger, into trying to prove that he is a bad president. And I was catching myself because then there are all of the people who are so stuck on him being a good president, take that as a personally. And then it was just all of my energy getting pulled into something and realizing that this is actually not how I'm supposed to serve. I'm not supposed to be as much in like the specific laws of what's happening. There are people like Marianne Williamson yeah. who are incredible at that. And God bless her. Thank you, Marianne. Thank you, Marianne. Thank you, Marianne. <laughs> um, but I, I don't have to drop what I've been doing for the past 10 years because of this problem. What can I bring to the table, which is, you know, conversations like this, which is looking at it from a spiritual perspective, which is talking about the different layers of it all. If we're all repeating the same thing, it's not actually giving a full view of it. So find what that is for you. That's why I'm always talking about discovering your dharma, because when you discover your dharma, your soul's vibration, you can apply it to anything in life. Like you could even say, I don't know what my dharma is. I am just a stay-at-home mom. You know, first of all, you're you're creating the new paradigm yourself. Yeah. 
So thank you so much for doing that. You're raising them. And, and secondly, it's like, you know, we've been talking about this with Olivia, but like what conversations can you have with your kids? Can you maybe have like a reading day and bring some of your kids friends? And like, if the parents all approve, like talk about this, like there's so many ways that you can help. And when you're doing it in alignment with your Dharma, not only is it not draining, but it's energizing. You feel like you're on fire. Like us having this conversation, we're like, let's keep going. Let's keep going. We're so in our dharmas that it's fun for us. So it doesn't feel like, you know, I used to think you you either do what you love or you have to sacrifice yourself to help the world. Like you couldn't do both because I'd see so many burned out activists who were broke, who never took care of themselves, who never had a life. And they were always fighting and always angry. And I didn't want to be that, but I didn't see anyone helping the world who was like happy themselves. So it's finding that thing that you could be doing all the time whether it's graphic design, you could just be graphic designing and helping people out with their banners. You could just be bringing food to the people who are protesting. You could just be helping with admin, you know, with the lawyers who are helping. Like there's so many things because we're in this for the long run. And by the way, it's not going to be just like Black Lives Matter. We're, we're going for gay rights. We're going for immigrant rights. We're, we're going for the new paradigm. Like this lifetime is going to be like cause after cause after cause after cause until we don't need to be fighting a cause anymore. So buckle up, find how you can serve because we need you in this for the long run. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. There are many lanes in the revolution and we need all hands on deck. We need everyone giving their medicine. And I think that's just such a beautiful way of saying it. And I I do think, I think it's true. It's like, I think the first initiative, the first instinct for so many people was like, I have to show up in this certain way. Mm -hmm. Right. Or I have to advertise how I'm showing up on Instagram. Right. And the truth is, is that it takes us showing up in all dimensions of our lives. Right. I'm showing up in the way I'm showing up professionally. I also have an eight year old stepdaughter that I'm talking to about anti-racism and trying to explain that to her. Also having conversations with friends and family members. And there are so many different elements to how we can show up. And it just goes back to so much of this stuff, which kind of is, it's so interesting or not really makes perfect sense we were talking about before all this about finding your dharma and finding your uh, purpose and owning your unique medicine and your unique expression it applies to this as well it's ample. It is for this. This is yeah. why you do it. You know, it's yeah. like, I think what people are realizing is spirituality is not about you. You're <laughs> not doing it for you. Like that's the trick. You think it's so you can manifest all the abundance and you're God, man, and you're this and that. It actually has nothing to do with you because you'll, you'll get those things for sure. And then you're going to be like, okay, how are we up leveling the vibration of the planet? So that is what people are awakening to. They're moving from me to we consciousness, which is far more expansive. And for the first time, realizing that their spirituality is just the basis of their activism. Absolutely. Amen. Amen. And I feel like we'll just, we'll just sign it off on that. Your spirituality is the basis of your activism. I hope that you just listened and you got whatever you needed to hear today um, and that it gave you some guidance. If you want to check out Sahara's Rose Gold Goddesses, that workshop on SECMA this month, I'm sure will be incredibly powerful and super helpful. I'll include the link below for you to check that out. Um, I'm sure a lot of you already follow Sahara on IG, but if you don't, she's 
she's on IG and she's now also on TikTok, um, just shining the light on TikTok and taking it over. <laughs> so I'll include all of those links below. And for any of you guys who are interested in my new moon eclipse workshop, that link is below as well too, to help you move through all of this, all of this intense energy. But this is, like you said, this is going to be all year and onwards, right? This is, this is the new paradigm. This is the re revolution. So buckle up and thanks for being here with us for it <laughs> thank you sahara for joining thank, me thank you queen <laughs>